Well, all right, everybody. Welcome to Brews and Views. I'm your host, James Grissom. I'm going to talk about two of my favorite things on this cast, worldviews and booze. So, I love Jesus. What does that mean? I'm too liberal for my conservative friends, too conservative for my liberal friends. And it's tough being a true moderate. And uh, where do we actually fit in? And maybe you're in the same boat. This podcast is just a moderate perspective on what's going on in the world and, you know, these days and also booze. So, yeah, today I'm sipping on some Crown Royal XR. It's the cream of the crop of the Crown line. Uh, it's, it's a great product. It is um, my favorite Crown by far. Um, obviously, all of them are pretty quality. Um, Crown Black is a good go-to for the cheap one. Um, you know, XR is the one that you're going to spend a little more money on. It's, uh, yeah, it's got a nice, a really nice finish to it. It's really smooth. Um, got some notes of cinnamon and oak and cherry in there. Um, it's got a really, really pleasant velvety mouthfeel to it. Uh, coats the side of the glass and just sticks. Um, and really nice amber coloring to it awesome smell um of course it's alcohol it smells a little medicinal in the end but by and large uh it's a it's a really quality whiskey um is it worth 110 bucks honestly i don't know um it's really good i enjoy it uh probably wouldn't spend 110 on it again just because um but glad I did buy it. It's worth a bottle once. Uh, and there are plenty of other bourbons and whiskeys out there that are a lot more expensive that uh, don't taste as good. So um, if you're experimenting, if you like to try it all, it's it's worth it. Um, yeah, I like all the crowns. Not so crazy about the mesquite one. Uh, that'd be great in barbecue sauce, but not so much uh, as a sipper, in my opinion. So, yeah. That's what I'm sipping on as we discuss my next topic. And this is kind of an introduction to my line of thought and where I am as, uh, as a moderate Christian, um, at least uh, as I define it. I don't know if anybody else agrees with my definition, but... I, I do uh, I do want to get back to the I love Jesus part after talking about the I love booze part. So, I guess to kick it off, what I'd like to discuss is um, the difference between three things. Uh, our preferences, our values, and laws. So, to me, the disconnect between uh, myself and... Uh, and my wife in, in many denominations and other people and local churches um, is the confusion between which which items, which ideas, which practices fall into these three categories of preferences and values and laws. And I think when we make more things laws than need to be, uh, it feels confining. When you make less things laws that need to be, uh, it feels too loose to matter. Um, and then when we elevate our preferences into a diehard value or or a law, 
um, we're inventing areas for discord. Um, so, so what do I mean by these three different definitions? Um, for me, a law is non-negotiable. It's the foundation. It's a, it's a principle that makes theology happen uh, or whatever ideology you're talking about. It's what makes the system viable. So it's not a city ordinance. It's the founding charter. Um, it's, it's not a law passed by Congress. It's the constitution. It's the structure. So what's the constitution of Christianity? What is absolutely non-negotiable, um, to, to say that this is the uh, supreme governing body of what it means to be a Christian. Um, and I know that a lot of people, the first thing off their lips is going to be the Bible. Um, but for me, it's not that simple um, because the Bible, uh, as we know it, has only, you know, has only been around uh, and accessible for a relatively few years compared to the stretch of Christianity. Um, and certainly there were Christians at all times who had access to uh, some form of the Bible. But for most of Christianity, most Christians did not have access to a complete Bible or, or even a written text at all. Um, what they had to go by was memorization and uh, and sermons and things that they heard and maybe they only heard them once a month or, or a couple of times a year because that's as often as a priest came through the village and so if we're going to talk about the roots of Christianity um, you know what are the non-negotiables um, and I think when it comes to uh, Christian theology we have a set of laws and I believe that those are summed up in the Apostles Creed. So for those who are unfamiliar, I'm going to briefly read, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on each uh, aspect of it in this cast. I, I think that might be a good one later. Uh, let me know if you think so. But so the Apostles Creed very quickly, I believe in God, the father almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born unto the Virgin Mary. Under Pontius Pilate, he was crucified, died, and buried. He descended to the dead and on the third day rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy universal church the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. This was the foundational creed of the Christian church. Um, we, have, we have letters before the Nicene Creed was accepted that said that, you know, um, this has always, quote unquote, been our creed. Um, and so I think when it comes to what do the earliest Christians believe is most important to communicate about the theology of uh, Christianity that is non-negotiable, this, this is a great, this is a great foundation for me. Um, on the other side, there are uh, 
laws about Christian lifestyle, right? So if to me, the Apostles' Creed is the laws on Christian theology, the laws of Christian lifestyle um, are at once extremely easy and complex. Uh, the words of Christ himself, the greatest commands are to love God and love man. Um, of course, how that plays out is incredibly difficult to define as a single governing body, which is why I'm not trying to. Uh, the law is love God and love man. Our values and our preferences are how we make that law come to fruition in our lives. Just like in the Apostles' Creed, those statements of faith are the laws of our theology, but how we build it up, how we edify it, how we uh, more more perfectly explain our stances on those is further defined by scripture, further defined by study, by tradition, by relationships and experience. But the law is confined down to those statements that are non-negotiable. And I think that for us to uh, take the sum of Christianity and condense it down to what is non-negotiable, um, I think that's a great foundational truth. Um, these truths, these 12 statements in the Apostles' Creed, whether it was 12 statements or not, I don't know. Um, we, can, we can talk about that later if you'd like. Um, but to me, those are the laws. Um, anything beyond that statement and, and that purpose of our life that Jesus gives us, love God, love man, anything beyond this is a value or a preference. That's full stop. Like everything else is um, edifying or ancillary. It is not uh, foundational. It is not make it or break it. It is not a requirement. And I believe that 100%. And I think that um, there are a lot of people out there, especially uh, in the more um, conservative-leaning denominations or churches, who would say that that is severely lacking. Uh, just so, I think there, you know, are some people who are more liberal in their understanding, and I, I mean that with all due respect. I don't mean either of those terms as a, as a snide remark. I mean that just as a, a spectrum, you know. Um, there are people who are more free in their theology who would think that this is too confining. Um, and uh, again, this is to me what it comes down to trying to be a moderate Christian, trying to find what is my unshakable core. This is what I've landed on. Uh, and it works for me. It works for me and my wife. And it doesn't mean we stop there. It means we begin there. Um, but it does mean that everything else I consider as, um, as changeable, um, not, not in a wishy-washy way. Uh, and I'll explain a little bit more in a second. Um, but everything else, uh, is guided by these principles. And as I get new understanding, um, the principles that are formulated by the Apostles' Creed and love God, love man. Um, those principles are my law. And so anything else that I choose to believe or not to believe or practice or not practice is 
measured against these statements. Um, and if it fits those statements, then it's uh, it's something that I will value or it's something that I will prefer to follow. If it doesn't, uh, then it doesn't mean that um, I'm going to throw it out and say it's, it has no value, but I might not value it. Um, and if it's counter to these statements, especially, um, I won't be able to value it personally, even though I might respect you for having a different opinion. Um, everything outside of the Apostles' Creed and love God, love man is either evidence that these are facts or their instruction for daily living, but they are not required for salvation or for identification as a Christian. How much of the Bible do you have to have memorized before you can be saved? Zero well, percent. That doesn't mean it doesn't have value. I value scripture to a very high level. I have a very high view of scripture. Um, but the bottom line is you don't have to be a theologian and understand Genesis through Revelation completely because that's impossible. Um, and again, uh, by making that statement, we are throwing out the baby with the bathwater and saying that, you know, a huge percentage of population uh, who identified as Christians uh, for more than a thousand years, it was impossible for them to be Christians because they didn't know how to read. All they knew was what they were being taught. Um, and I do understand that that's a bit overplayed, um, that more people were able to read than we've given credit to. But the the argument still stands. Uh, there, there are uh, a lot of people in Christian history who new teachings about the Bible and had never read it and are better Christians than I could ever begin to be. So when we move into my values, um, I, I do value scripture because I think scripture informs the rest of this. I think scripture informs the Apostles' Creed. Scripture informs um, what are the words of Jesus um, to to understand when he's saying love God and love man, I, I, I need to understand scripture. Um, but we all know that um, when it comes to studying scripture, for 2000 years, Christians have disagreed on what some of the finer points mean. And if that's the case, um, I have to believe that that means that it's not required for us to completely understand all of it and agree on all of it to be a Christian. So when it comes to my values, the things that I've learned through tradition and relationships and experience and that I have elevated um, to um, the level of this is something that is um, a permanent fixture of my life until proven not otherwise. Um, grace, grace um, always quick to forgive, always quick to embrace, um, giving grace and the benefit of the doubt, uh, benefit of the doubt, uh, respect. Respect is a huge value of mine, and I don't think that you can love God or man without it. Integrity, um, the way we act is uh, what allows others to respect us and what allows us to show respect for others. And sincerity, um, that what we say is what we mean. 
and scripture is definitely there. Um, I treasure the word of God. Uh, and I say word of God, uh, I will unpack what I mean by that in future episodes. Um, order. I do believe that rules and, you know, they're important. They help us decide how to act. Um, but rules, city ordinances are not the constitution. Um, ordinance and law are two different things. Ordinance help you obey the law. The law is every man is created equal. The ordinance is um, you can't kill people, right? Uh, and then meaning, you know, I value meaning. I value searching and understanding, not just my own thoughts, but yours, um, my enemies. The only way that you can truly love someone is to know them. Uh, and the only way that you can truly em embrace a person for who they are is to understand what they mean and to look for meaning in the way you live. So those are my values. So those are extremely important to me. They shape how I approach life. Um, and if I had a different view of, you know, some of the laws, uh, my, my values might shift. So, uh, for instance, uh, when it says that I believe in the Holy Catholic Church in the original uh, Latin Catholic, uh, or uh, I'm sorry, not Latin, uh, in the Greek, when we're talking about Catholic as a term, um, it just means universal. But if I believed that that word Catholic meant the Catholic Church, um, then that would have a very profound impact on my values. So my values are shaped by my understanding of the laws. Um, so they are not permanent beyond the law, but they are permanent fixtures, uh, shaped by my experience and my understanding and, um, my respect of the people who've taught me, um, they're not shifting sand, um, but they're, they're the wood, not the brick that make the house. They're deeply important. They shape who I identify most with, but not who I love. Uh, I can have different values and be your friend, but we can't hang out all the time if you constantly disparage my values, right? And I can, incidentally, hang out with someone who doesn't have my same view of what scripture is, right? I value scripture, but um, my view of scripture uh, is a preference. My value of scripture is deeper. Um, I... I treasure scripture. I use it for understanding. I use it for shaping how I approach living and how I approach theology. But I understand that um, my interpretation of scripture is not sacred. And elevating my interpretation of scripture to be um, a law is its own form of idolatry. And one piece of wisdom that I do have is that I am not the wisest person on earth. And that means that I could misunderstand deeply elements of scripture. And so my view of what scripture means and what makes up scripture, what is the canon, what is inspired, what is sacred is not the same thing. It's those are those are built on preferences. Those are not my value for scripture itself, um, but my my preferences uh, on 
you know, is Genesis one through two a poem or a science book? That's shaped by preference. It's not my law. It's it's not, you know, I don't value a creationist only perspective of the Bible. Um, I respect you if you do, um, but I have a very different preference in that regard. And so what we have happening often is um, a literalist interpretation being elevated beyond a value or even into a law. Um, And I am very uncomfortable in those congregations. So value is that the text is instructive, whether it's a story or a fact. That's, That's what my value references scripture as is that whether it is an inclusion or whether it is a parable or whether it is just a story doesn't negate the fact that it tells us something useful and that it shows the history of humanity interacting with God and God with humanity and that there's something deep and fulfilling to learn there. So our preferences might define it one way or another. And some of my preferences might be a value to myself and not to you um, or the opposite and you might have more laws than me and the spectrum we get into uh, when it comes to measuring which which one is a law which one is a preference which one is a value um, there's far too many arguments over this and I think that the most important thing that we can do as moderate Christians is agree to only fight about the law and um, stop fighting about preferences and values and start realizing that if you have the laws in common, you have enough in common um, to have a common cause. Um, And beyond that, one of my laws is to love God and love man. And you're not loving man if every difference makes you incompatible. You're not loving man if you can't even have a conversation with someone because they think differently than you. You're not loving man if you can't be in a relationship with someone who um, challenges you. Now, if my relationship with you causes uh, one of your laws to falter, or if, if, if your relationship um, with me causes me to um, disregard my laws in a way that um, doesn't make me reevaluate and change and realize, okay, this law needs to go, but makes me um, act counter to what I still hold as a law and regret it. And if it eats me up, if if my relationship with you is causing me anguish because I'm uh, more concerned in not losing a friend than I am and sticking to my values and sticking to my laws, then it's toxic and it needs adjustment. Um, it might need removal um, because grace uh, is also knowing when to tell someone I can only love you from a distance. All right. So that's it for this first cast. I know it was quick, but I wanted to give just a brief overview of, um, you know, what I feel like it means to be a moderate Christian. There's a ton there to unpack, and I'd love to do that with you. So if you want to join me on this journey, I'll update as often as possible.
If you have any questions, if you want to dive deeper into something, if you um, think I'm an idiot for saying one thing instead of another, send me an email. Podcast at James Grissom, G-R-I-S-S-O-M dot com. And we'll, uh, we'll keep going. We'll chat about it. So thank you very much for listening and we'll catch you later.